Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am Lena Deal. I am Pastor Adam's wife. Um, and a few weeks ago, he said, hey, honey, what do you think about preaching on Mother's Day? And I looked at him pretty sure like he had grown two heads. Um, I was like, Mother's Day? Um, that's like the day I shouldn't have to do anything. I should get to chill out and relax and rest. And um, what was kind of funny is I knew what the message was, and it was on rest. So here I am on Mother's Day talking about rest, when all I wanted was a day of rest, but more on that later. Um, before we get going too far, I just want to pray. Abba Father, I just put this time into your hands right now, God. I pray that you would use me, God. Let your words flow through me, God. Don't let this be me, but God, let it be you. God, I thank you for your anointing in this place. And God, I thank you that your name will be glorified today. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're in this series, um, Follow Me. Jesus wants us to follow him, right? Um, and following isn't just like that like preschool game of follow the leader or, um, you know, when you line up in school, my kids tell me about this, that, you know, you follow somebody and we got in trouble because we were talking in the hallway in our line and we had to go back and do it over again. That's not following the leader. Um, it's not following the yellow brick road either. I mean, I kind of wish it was because it would make things a little easier, right? This nice, bright brick path. Anybody else? Like, hey, God, that would make it a whole lot easier. But that's not what it is, even though we wish it was. What it is to follow Jesus is it's a life about looking like Jesus and acting like Jesus and talking like Jesus and walking like Jesus. So how do we do that? Um, so a few weeks ago, I was um, hanging out with my mom, and we were watching this video of me and my kids. And I heard, it was me on the video, and I heard myself, and I was like, I sound just like you, mom. <laughs> I grew up, and I sound just like my mom. What? <laughs> Anybody else sound like their mom? Say things like their mom? Like, if I hadn't seen the video, I'd have sworn it was my mom talking. That's how much I sounded like my mom. But how did that happen? It happened because I've lived my life in proximity to her. I lived with her for 18 plus years, right? So now I sound like her. Who do you look like and sound like and act like and talk like? Is it the world or is it Jesus? I'm talking just as much to myself as to anybody else. <laughs> um, so one of the ways that we look like Jesus and act like Jesus and follow Jesus is by doing what he did. And one of those things was he rested. The Bible says in Luke chapter 5, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He didn't just do it once. He didn't just do it twice. He did it often. He withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He got away from the urgent and the crowds and everybody that was around him to pursue something more important, rest and time with the Father. Think about this. Jesus spent, what, three years of ministry on the earth? And in the great continuum of time, how much is three years? It's like a blip, right? I mean, it's, it's not much. But Jesus, in my opinion 
was the most important person to ever step foot on our earth and walk this earth. And all he had was this little blip of time, right? And yet he often took time to go to lonely places and pray. Often took time. He's got the most important job of anybody ever on this earth. And in those three years, he still took time to often get away to lonely places and pray. What would we do if we knew we only had three years? We'd cram every single thing in. I'd be like, I want to see Hawaii. I want to go skydiving. I, Adam would not be happy about that, but I really do want to go skydiving someday. Um, I want to see the Northern Lights. I want to see Israel. I want to see where Jesus walked. I got a whole laundry list of things on my bucket list. But is it for me to accomplish all of those in three, th- three years? If I knew I only had three years, is that really what I want to do, spending my time? I want it to look like Jesus. I want to get away often, and I want to rest. Let me me ask it another way. What do you have to do on your list that's so important that you don't have time to rest? What is it that's more important than what Jesus did when he was here? Because he had time to rest. And I'm talking to myself because I've always got a to-do list a mile long. I'm a list person. I like to check them off. Sometimes I get things done that weren't on my list, and I write it down so I can check it off. <laughs> I'm not the only one who does that, am I? Huh? Yeah, I got a couple people. Uh-huh. <laughs> so nothing that I have to do is more important than what Jesus had to do. And one of those things that's on my list, and it's not really a thing that's on my list, It doesn't need to be a chore that I check off. It needs to be a desire that I have to spend time, to rest like Jesus did. Rest was so important that Jesus modeled it, yeah, but he also taught his disciples it. The Bible says in Mark 6, the apostles gathered around Jesus and they reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going and coming and going and coming and going, they didn't have time to eat. Anybody ever feel like that? I have my days where we're running, 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 running. My mother-in-law has to help. My mom has to help. Adam and I are going in different directions. And I don't feel like I have time to eat. And Jesus said to them, and I kind of think Jesus might have had to whisper this because there were all these people around, right? And if they heard it, they'd have followed. And Jesus said, to his disciples, come with me by yourselves. Let's go to a quiet place. Let's get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. A boat is totally a solitary place. I mean, who's going to go bug you out in the middle of the water? Unless it's Jesus coming out and walking to you on the water, I think you're kind of by yourself, right? Um, might freak out a little if Jesus came in to my boat. Sometimes, sometimes I just wish I had a solitary place. Um, does anybody, like, go lock themselves in the bathroom and think, I'm just going to have some peace and quiet, and the kids still find you? They go right past Daddy sleeping in the mornings, Mom, 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 go get Dad, go get Dad. But I don't think I'm the only one that hides in the bathroom, honey. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> So they went away to a solitary place and they rested. But 
in our culture, I think sometimes rest can feel like a four-letter word. Like, we've been taught that we have to be doing, 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 going, going, going. There's always things on our schedule. There's always stuff to do. I've got laundry to fold. I've got dishes to put away. Oh, man, Liz wore holes through two pairs of pants this week. Does she have enough pants to get through till this weather gets warm finally? Uh, what am I... More to do, Adam, you know, he's got to mow the lawn and he's got to, oh, weed whack and he's got to take the trash out and do that Pinterest project that he talks about that I've always got for him. <laughs> you know, that's right, honey. <laughs> I could keep going on and on about all of the things that need done, but the reality is, is I need rest. Jesus needed rest. I need rest. And so do you. But here's the thing. The enemy wants us to feel guilty about needing rest. He tells us stuff like, you're not good enough if you rest. You don't have time to rest. You need to do, do, do to be worth something. And if you're not, you're worthless. And he tricks us into not resting. But the truth is, is we need it. The enemy knows, here's, here's the thing. The enemy knows that if he keeps us tired, and worn out, and we don't rest, that we can't be effective. When we're tired and worn out and don't rest, we're anxious, we don't show love, we, do, we just aren't effective. And the enemy knows it, so he tells us these lies to keep us from doing what God wants us to do, and resting. So that's a lie, we reject lies, and we replace them with the truth. The truth of the word says in Matthew, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn from me, Jesus said. Dude, there's nobody better to learn from. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The burden that the world gives me, it's not light. It's heavy, it's oppressive, and that's the enemy. That's not, that's not God's best for you. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you to take his yoke upon you. He wants you to come to him when you're weary and burdened. So today I'm gonna to talk three thoughts about rest. And there's probably lots more, but here's three that I've got today. Number one, we need to see rest as a gift. It's an actual gift. In Exodus 20, the Bible says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. So God did all his creating, right? Six days and he made, he made it all, right? He made the crazy weird animals and I'm like, Ugh, what is that? And he made us and sometimes I'm like, ah, at me. Um, <laughs> he did all of that in six days. So he rested on the seventh. Do you think God was just so tired and worn out from all his creating? He's like, oh man, I just need a break. Do you think God really needed a break? God didn't need a break. He did that for us. He did that so we could learn how to rest. He gave that to give us permission to rest. He was showing us that he created the whole earth in a rhythm. The whole universe is in a rhythm. The tide 
goes out, it comes in. The earth turns every 24 hours. Our heart beats in rhythm. We breathe in rhythm. There's this thing called circadian rhythm. You know, it involves sleep and rest. God created us that way. He didn't create us to go, 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 go. He created us to rest. So, so he gave us permission to rest. Every seven days, we get to have a snow day. Now, I know my kids, they don't really get snow days anymore. They do e-learning on snow days. But when I was a kid, like, snow days were great. And then when I got, like, older and I didn't want to play in the snow, my brothers and I, we would binge watch Star Wars, episodes four, five, and six. We binged watched before binge watching was a thing or it was cool. I can remember watching all of them, like, all day long. We had them on one VHS tape. That's right. <laughs> it, it was. Anyways, um, you don't have to live life at this crazy pace that the world does. Give yourself permission to rest because God gave you permission to rest. Some of you are sitting there thinking, I don't have time to rest. Rest isn't a gift. So there's this show, this, one of my favorite shows, about this detective. His name's Monk. And I think we've got a picture. <laughs> this is Adrian Monk. And he's this OCD detective. And he notices all the details. And he likes things to be even and in order. He likes things in tens. Um, everything's just lined up and perfect with Monk. And like when he's noticing things or he's straightening things in front of people um, and they kind of look at him like he's crazy, he's like, it's a gift and a curse. And some of you are sitting here thinking, it's not a gift, it's a curse. You're not thinking it's and, you're thinking it's a curse. I don't have time for that. Let me tell you, what happens when you don't rest? For me, some of the effects are I get cranky. I'm emotionally thin. I'm restless. I'm exhausted. I don't sleep well. I get anxious. I just feel a heaviness. I lack compassion for others, thinking, man, why can't they just get their junk together? I don't have time for that. I get poor eating habits. I stop exercising. I lack self-awareness. I skim in my relationships, because I don't have time. I skim in my relationship with God. It's not a curse. When you don't do it, that's the curse. It's a gift, guys, it's a gift. Take a snow day. <laughs> All right, three thoughts about rest. Number two, see rest as a priority. If you don't have a conviction from God that rest is a priority, you won't do it. You'll make excuses and you'll reason away why you need to rest because there's all kinds of distractions. There's all kinds of reasons why we don't have time to rest. So if you don't make it a priority, it won't happen. You've got to be intentional. Honoring the Sabbath and resting was a huge priority to God. In Exodus 31, the Bible says, Observe the Sabbath because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. What? Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. Dude, God was serious. You do work on this day, you're being put to death. Now, don't get me wrong, we're not under the old law, we're under grace. God's not going to put us to death for not resting. 
But that's how serious he was about it. That's how important it is to the heart of God for us to rest. Is it possible some of us are dying under the weight of not resting? Maybe we're not going to die physically because it's not God putting us to death, but we might be dying under the weight of not resting. God even designed rest for the land. God said to Moses in Leviticus, speak to the people of Israel and say to them, when you come into the land that I give you, the land shall keep a Sabbath to the Lord. For six years, you shall sow your field, and for six years, you shall prune your vineyard and gather in its fruits. But in the seventh year, there shall be a Sabbath of solemn rest for the Lord, a Sabbath to the Lord. God even made a rest for the land. And this one, this one doesn't make sense to me, right? The math doesn't really add up. Because seven years, so six, six years I get to plant, and then the seventh year I don't. Six years I get to harvest, and the seventh year I don't. I'm missing a year. Like, how does that math work? I'm an accountant. And, you know, one of the reasons I like that I'm an accountant is because two plus two is always four. Six plus zero isn't seven in my mind, but in God's economy it is. God also asks us to live off of 90%. He says, bring the tithes into the storehouse. Live off of 90%. And you know what? God, that blessed 90% gets me a whole lot farther than if I took the whole 100% and it wasn't blessed. God does the same thing with your time. And it takes faith and it takes trust to say, all right, God, this doesn't make sense. I don't get it. This math just doesn't add up. But God, I trust you. I trust that you're going to bless this time that I slow down and that I rest. I trust that you're going to multiply my time. God, I trust that all of those things that need to get done, God, you'll, you'll help them get done. And if they don't need done, God, you'll show me that it's not a priority and I don't need to get it done. God multiplies that to you. But it takes faith. It takes some trust in God. <sighs> this is opposite of our world today. Our world says, don't give away the 10%. Our world says, don't take a break. Our world says, it's always on. The news is always on. Social media is always on. Everything's always on. My boss might text me. He might need me. The last, the last job I had, it was before cell phones, cell phones and smartphones were really a big deal. People had Blackberries. Um, and my boss said to me, Lena, why don't, why don't you let the company pay for that? Why don't you let us get you a Blackberry? And I said, oh, no. I don't want you thinking you have access to me 24-7. I'm not answering emails 24-7. I'm not answering your beck and call all the time. You can answer, I can answer them when I'm at the office, but I work enough hours for you. I'm not doing it. And I said no to my boss, and I pretty much said it like that. I was like, you're nuts. <laughs> and I thought he was. Um, <laughs> thankfully, I don't have a job where my boss expects that, but some of you might. And maybe you need a conversation with your boss. Maybe he doesn't really expect you to answer those messages 24-7. I don't know. Maybe he does. If he does, he's probably not paying you enough. What would it look like if we did the opposite of culture and we took a rest? If we read our Bible, if we went for a walk, if we put on some worship music, if we turned our screens off, if we stayed off social media, what would that look like? It wouldn't be easy for me, I'll, I'll admit. 
Social media piece of cake. Ah, that's so much junk anyways, I don't enjoy it that much. Um, but to totally turn my screens off, well, what if somebody needs me? That's hard to do. But what would it look like? Just asking. Three thoughts about rest. Number three, we need to see rest as having great purpose. It's a reminder every week when we take that time. Every week it reminds us that we're not in control. God's in control. It's laying it down and saying, God, you got this. And it reminds us that every time we take that moment to rest. Rest is replenishing. Psalm 62.1, truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him alone. My soul finds rest in God. How many of you, your soul is just weary and crying out for rest? I've been there. Rest is hobbying. It's being with people. It's serving God with other people. It's watching a sunset. For some of you crazy morning people, it's watching a sunrise. That's not me. <laughs> For some of us, it's listening to the birds sing. So funny story about that. Um, I'm not, I don't know, maybe I'm turning into a bird person. I'm not sure. But um, <laughs> during COVID, I was home all the time. Everybody was, right? And I heard these birds singing. And somehow I, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's a morning dove. And I was like, oh, it's so nice. And so I looked it up. I was like, oh, I need to Google this. I want to make sure that's really what this bird is that I'm hearing. So I Google it. And for the first time in my life, I realized a morning dove is not an M-O-R-N-I-N-G dove, not a in the morning, in the A-M. It's a M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. I don't know if I spelled that right. I was talking too fast. It's like a sad dove. And I was like, I don't like that sound anymore. <laughs> and I'm still stuck at home during COVID when I figure out what this bird really is called. And I'm like, man, that's annoying. But praise God, this week I saw a cardinal in the tree outside of our house. And that makes a beautiful sound. I had to make sure, again, I Googled it. Is this, what a, is this a cardinal sound? And I Googled it and listened to it. And yes, that's a cardinal sound. And this last night we had our windows open and I was sitting in bed and I heard the cardinal. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. And I just sat there for a moment and listened to this beautiful sound that God created. That's not for everybody. Maybe for you it's hiking. Maybe it's golfing. Maybe it's sleeping. Maybe it's journaling. Rest is rewarding. Some of you are like, man, it's kind of a punishment. I don't like to sit still. Adam, he likes to go, go, go. When I say, let's just stay home, he's like, what? What are you thinking? And I'm like, let's just stay home. Let's play a game. Our last date night, we ordered in and we played Racco. Anybody ever played Racco? That's kind of an old one. But it was fun. But the fact that I said, okay, we're going to play a game, then he was like, okay, all right, this is fun. And we had a relaxing night. I didn't have to go out and be around people. I got to be home with the person I wanted to be with. It was rewarding. When you build in intentional, deliberate rest, you allow space for relationships. You also allow space for the voice of God to get louder and his presence to draw nearer. So one thing, <laughs> journaling, I'm not very good at it. I need to do more of it. 
Um, it's so rewarding when I do. It's like I hear, I hear from God. You know why? Because I slow down. I slow down. My, the, the problem I have with journaling is it's like my hand doesn't write as fast as my mind thinks, so it's really like, frustrating. But the other day after Adam had asked me to preach, um, I had been leading a small group, and that week's topic was on fear, and so I was journaling. God, what am I afraid of? Why don't I want to do this? And I'm like journaling this conversation that I'm having with God, and I'm creating space. Not like I was thinking I need space, but it was creating space. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Lena, what if moms need to hear about rest from another mom? And I was like, okay, God, and I texted Adam. All right, what does this look like? I'll obey but the only reason I'm here talking to you today is because I made space to listen to what God was saying. Are you making space for rest and to hear what God's saying? Just a couple practical tips for rest. One, schedule it. If you don't, your calendar will get overrun with something else. So two weeks ago, I was looking at our calendar and like every night there was something. And I looked, and this last Thursday, there wasn't anything on the calendar. So I put an appointment in there, and it said, don't schedule anything. Our family needs downtime. Sometimes I write in the calendar, Adam, don't schedule anything. (laughs) (laughs) Truth. (laughs) But if I don't do that, it'll get filled up with something. Oh, look, it's open. We can do something. Yeah, we can commit to that. But I'm already worn out. I can't commit to that. I need a break. And so I scheduled it. Give yourself permission, number two, practical tip for rest, give yourself permission to say no. That's really hard because it feels like you're going to disappoint someone or you're going to let them down. But sometimes we need rest, and it's not about disappointing them. It's about making space for ourselves. There's always something good to put on your calendar. I just got ahead of myself. Number three is be choosy and prioritize what gets put on your calendar. There's always good things you can add to your calendar. It doesn't mean that they're a priority. It doesn't mean that they're life-giving. It doesn't mean there's something that you have to do. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. It's okay to prioritize, and it's okay to schedule rest. So let me challenge you. Do any of you need to see rest differently? Do you need to see it as a gift and not a curse? Do you need to see it as a priority? Maybe some of you are just tired. You've been going, 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 and you're weary, and you're anxious, and you're heavy, and it's burdened, and you need to just do what Jesus said and come to him. I need you, Lord. I need you. The worship team is going to lead us in this song and just enter into this and just tell God, I need you, and let him change your perspective on rest. Let him fill that weariness. Let God touch you.